I'm Jim Wills, and this is the Art Unknown Podcast, where we feed your soul with art. Get out there, look at art, expose yourself to as much art. Your soul needs it. Society needs it. Art feeds the human soul. It makes the world a better place. Find whatever stokes your inner fire and pursue it. One should always believe in what he or she can create. In our own way, every human being is kind of creating their own masterpiece of themselves. This week on the podcast, I am here with a visual artist. He hails from Bend, Oregon in the United States. However, I came across this gentleman on Instagram, saw his art. Actually, I believe my wife saw his art, thought it was really cool. Uh, We reached out to him for multiple reasons. One, I wanted to talk to him and his life and his career as an artist and and his journey within the art world. But also because I I personally and my wife personally thinks his art is, is really dope. It's really cool. And... He is our latest artist. I'm just going to throw that out at the beginning. He's our latest artist on the Art Unknown store, which we'll talk about more. But I want to welcome John Bacon to the podcast. John, welcome. So glad to talk to you. Jim, thank, good to be here. I'm looking forward to this. All right. Fantastic. So I know that was a real long introduction. There's a lot to unpack there, but I want to start off if we can. I start off almost every interview asking my artist that I talk to for an inspiration, something that you carry with you throughout life, no matter what it is, uh, quote, uh, book, an author, a sculpture, a piece of artwork, music, movie, anything that you find inspiring to you, person in your life, what have you got? Well, there's several, probably art-wise, my favorite book is The Agony and the Ecstasy, which is basically the biography of Michelangelo. Okay. And what I admire that is, is, is his determination and how hardworking he was. And, uh, and so that that's really uh, I've read it four or five times. And I just enjoy it so much. What's the title again? The Agony and the Ecstasy. The Agony and the Ecstasy. Okay, that's that's actually I've never gotten that before. Uh, I get very few books, and the fact that your book is a book about an artist that I think just about everybody in the world knows, and at least in some detail or another, I think is really fantastic as an inspiration. How did you come across that book or what, what's the story behind that? And you said it's, it's about his life, but how, how does his life inspire you? I guess is a better question. Well, and, and it, it's a book that was well known to me. I didn't actually know what it was about when I picked okay. it up to read it. And so I became particularly excited when I learned it was about Michelangelo. And it just details his history through art back in the 15th century. And uh, to imagine that he did all these things he did, like, the Sistine Chapel, his sculptures of David five, six hundred years ago, and people still travel to Italy to see him these days. It's just amazing to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's as an artist, he might be the current pinnacle in our modern consciousness of who we could aspire to be like as an artist. Right. And at the time, he was actually overshadowed by Raphael and Leonardo da Vinci. He, he was of that time era, and the, the popes in particular favored those other two over Michelangelo. He was kind of the blue-collar worker who did all these amazing things. And it's interesting how, I mean, obviously the other two artists have lasted throughout time as well, but it seems that Michelangelo's notoriety, his fame, success, if you will, over the long period has sort of risen above, maybe not Da Vinci, maybe they're still on par, but but definitely other contemporary arts, Raphael, the people of this time. Absolutely, yes. What do you think is it about for you? Do you are you a fan of his art? I am. I'm more uh, actually a fan of painting than I am of, of sculpture. It's okay. just his story. Uh, you know, as far as painters, it's probably more early 19th century, uh, 20th century painting and beyond. Uh, the Picassos, the, the Kunins, uh, that's really what inspires my art. Uh, 
but Michelangelo's personal story inspires me. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, let's talk more about your story. You, most of the people that I talked to on this podcast were, were professional artists for much of their lives, either entering the professional art world or are very seasoned as professional artists. And you have a slightly different path. And I think you might be the first artist that I've talked to that's really lived a life already, two lives. And you had a professional career before you decided to work on your art and become an artist, professional artists. So I'm interested in that path as well, because your story is one that says, hey, you can have a career and then have art. And it's also a story I love of, of Jim Carrey and even George Bush. They did something else. And now because they have the the means or the time or whatever it is, they've transitioned to another art form, at least another art form for Jim Carrey, maybe another art form for, for Bush, depending on your politics, but <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> right. But for your story, would you talk a little bit about your, your story as your medical doctor in the medical profession and then how you're able to transition as an artist? Sure. Well, I mean, growing up, I had no art background. Uh, my parents didn't collect art. My last art class was probably second grade and my barn didn't look like barns. My horses didn't look like horses and I really didn't have much in it. Um, but I did have a, get a medical degree in the late seventies. My career was actually in orthopedic surgery. So I, I did, you know, some big time surgeries, enjoyed it, but I became a collector of art. Uh, why I don't know uh, in the early nineties and uh, collected art for, abstract art, uh, such as the painting behind me for 25 years. But uh, my wife is the art minor and she paints, she makes jewelry, she does sculpture. She, she's okay. very creative. And we were going to uh, Santa Fe on vacation six or seven years ago. And she asked me, would I take a half day painting lesson with her? And <laughs> To be honest, uh, I did the politically correct thing and said I'd love to, even though I, I'm not sure I was that interested and, and just had such a good time. We did another half day lesson the next day and uh, I came home, just started painting. OK. And were you still were you still a surgeon at that time? I was still doing orthopedic surgery at that time. Yes. So I would just paint my spare time. Well, then, I mean, also props off to your wife because, <laughs> you know, having having gotten you interested in it, uh, I think is, I think is pretty great. Now you're an orthopedic surgeon. Obviously you made good money as a surgeon. Anybody who's a worth anything in the medical field and especially involved in surgery makes a decent living. So I just wanted to bring that out in the open first, but then say like, how much did that allow you to start collecting artwork? Well, it, it's the reason I could collect artwork because, uh, like my paintings, most of what I collected are big pieces of art that decorate big walls in our house. So <laughs> okay. definitely being a surgeon allowed me to, to uh, collect a, a fairly substantial collection of, of art. What was the first piece that you've ever collected? Do you remember? Uh, it was a piece uh, by an American painter. His name is Hassam. And uh, I'd run across him somewhere and just got on the internet and started looking at his paintings. And then I found somebody locally who got me pictures of all of his paintings that were for sale. And we contacted him and I bought one uh, sight unseen. Sight unseen. They're for pictures. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty great. That's a good story. <laughs> so you were at the time when you first started painting, you were, you were still working as an orthopedic surgeon. So that was paying your bills. Are you now since retired? Have you have you finished your medical your medical career? I've been retired for four or five years. Okay. If I may ask, are you creating an income off of your art that has supplemented or or helps you to with like your pension and things like that? Like is the artwork you're obviously a professional artist. Are you making as much money in your art as you were in your working as a surgeon? Or is it not necessary? You see what I'm trying to get at? My my art's really about not about making money and okay. uh, you know off of instagram i've been picked up by several galleries in europe uh, paris lyon three or four in madrid rome i participate in art shows through europe but i, I don't need to sell them to survive for you for you it's the passion of, of the creation right creating them and yeah. uh, 
And it's actually the fun. I, when I first started painting, Jim, I, I never expected I would paint anything that was worth anything. And, <laughs> and it took me about three or four years. And again, at my wife's insistence, uh, she said I had to post a painting on Instagram every day. So I got on Instagram and my first paintings, uh, you know, got 50, 60 likes. And within a couple of months, it was two or 300 likes. And by the end of the first year, I had some paintings that got 3,500 likes. Okay. And that's when they started uh, finding me. And in talking to the gallery owners, it, it apparently takes being out there three, four, five years before people really start to buy your paintings. So this year I've actually sold 12 or 13 paintings. Which wow, is my congratulations. Best. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm very happy about that. It, it, it pays for my hobby. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit. So you, you said that you, you are represented in galleries all over the world. Is that correct? Correct. Well, not in the United States. The strange thing is I'm not in any galleries in the United States. <laughs> They're all in Europe. And, and uh, you know, I think my paintings are more European than they are American. Now, but however, is it true? Do you have a, a physical gallery in Bend, Oregon or? No? I do not. Okay. No. Nowadays, I just don't think you sell. I sell can sell more off Instagram than I can out of galleries. Yeah, yeah. How how did you find your first gallery? So this is a, interesting, if if I may ask. And the reason I asked about the money thing is not to, to get into your personal finances or anything like that. But as I said, as I said in my intro, most of the artists that I talk to have been professional artists, and and those who weren't, those who like actually the last another artist that we have in our store, uh, Angel. He's from Denver, Colorado, and he had a set, has a separate career as well. And he was doing art at the same time and had this passion that drove him. And so he made other sacrifices in the early days because he kept doing both basically full time. And then eventually it's been 10 years now and he can quit his other job and retire, sort of retire early because the art that he makes sells and is able to supplement that other income. I think your story is slightly different. And then you, you had a good, a good income, good enough savings, retirement or what have you, that you did your artwork simply as a passion. Not that he wasn't a passion, but you, it didn't have to supplement your income because you're doing okay. So you were able to continue to do it for the passion and that passion people saw and also liked your work and started buying your work. And so you weren't driven financially initially is my guess what I'm, my point. Oh, to be honest, I haven't really pushed hard to sell them. I, I've worked with the galleries that have contacted me, but I, I've not gone out there to try and sell my artwork other than if people contact me off of Instagram. I've sold several paintings just from people messaging me off Instagram that they like a particular painting. I don't even have a website other than Instagram with my paintings on them. So I, I just haven't worked at selling them because that's not what I'm interested in. Well, you <laughs> know, interested I love <laughs> you're interested in painting them. I love that too, because, you, you have used, obviously, for, for any artist, if we want our work to be seen, we have to get it out there in front of people. And what I think is fascinating and about you that is brilliant is you made relationships with, with gallery owners around the world that connected to your art. And I'm interested, like, how, what were the, how did those connections first start? You said you were on Instagram, you had a few hundred followers. How did you grow that audience to, to actually connect to galleries in Madrid and other parts of the world? Well, actually, they contacted me. So uh, over the first six, 12 months, a gallery started to contact me and asked me if I was interested in participating in, I guess, the first gallery was out of Madrid. And they asked, would I be interested in having them take my work to the various art shows in Europe? So I think wow. uh, the first one was Padua in Italy. And then we went to Luxembourg and then we went to Paris and we've been to Bordeaux. And so that, that's probably how I actually got started in Europe. But after that, other galleries started contacting me. Uh, some were strictly online galleries. Uh, uh, some are online plus have four or five of my paintings on site that they uh, have in their gallery and take to art shows. So, but, but they contacted me. I really didn't reach out. Do you know, do you know how that first gallery contacted you, how they found you on, obviously on Instagram, but do you know how they came across? Uh, yeah, they just saw my post on Instagram. It okay. is, it's kind of like, and the galleries do follow the various social media 
sites looking for new artists to represent because several of the people who artists who post their work on Instagram that I'm familiar with eventually are contacting me and asking me about a particular gallery that they know I'm associated with and uh, am I happy with the gallery? So I, th I think they seek out new artists on Instagram and Facebook. Mm. Okay. Okay. And so were these galleries that you had relationships with before beforehand, like places that you've traveled or not at all or a combination or was it was not familiar at all. They, they simply saw my work on my posts on Instagram and reached out to me. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Which That's is really fantastic. neat. Yeah, for sure. Sell a painting. All of a sudden I've got galleries in Paris and Madrid reaching out to me. That's just really cool. I and so are you that. sending your art? Like, are you, are you sending your art then shipping it to them? Uh, a lot of them are on online, but, but just there's, four, there's four or five of the galleries that do have two, three, four of my pieces on site uh, that they also take to various shows. Okay. I was just in an art show in Paris called Never Give Up, uh, which was basically the uh, theme of the uh, show was... Uh, the uh, experience that the artist had gone through during COVID, the, the desperation because art sales had gone to nothing and, and now some hope of, uh, of uh, things picking up again. So I sent him two paintings uh, along that theme. Okay. One of the desperation and one of the, uh, some of the excitement of the reemergence. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really cool. Fantastic. That's neat. Yeah. So, you had been an art collector and you said, did you collect large pieces? You said, yes, because and the you have the wall space were, you know, like 48 by 60. They were good sized pieces. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what would you, do you have a similar collection style? Obviously, because the painting behind you has familiarity to your work. It's, it's different, but there's a similar sense of style. Well, and it does. And, and I was always in the, in the paintings I collected, I was attracted by the colors and the movement in okay. the painting. And, and that's kind of, I think that made it easier for me to begin to paint because I already had a, an eye for what I liked. Right, right. Kind of the interesting thing in when I would review paintings and I got to know gallery owners and, and whenever they had new paintings they thought I'd like, they'd send me photos of but what I always look for is the painting in the collection that looked different than all the others. Mm, interesting. And basically that's what I collected. So I'm not sure why I, I developed that in my collecting eye, but I was always interested in the one that, that didn't look like the other 10, a, a different theme, a different color scheme that that artist very rarely used. And so that, I think that helped me in developing my eye for color. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I noticed that in your own work, there's a, ma there, there's a lot of variety. Like there's the similar themes throughout, at least looking through. The abstract faces seem r real prevalent in your work, but it changes so much. And it's funny because we look at, you know, different artists with our, with our work and our site. And I realized there's, there's a certain similarity that kind of, flows through much of the work on the site. And I, and I realized kind of like, it, it just sort of you, your aesthetic, you try, even if you try to change, cause I look at stuff and I'm like, man, I just, there's some stuff I just don't care for. No matter how hard I try, <laughs> you know, does well, that make but, sense? I don't want all of mine to look the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I want people to recognize it as me. So probably the best compliment that people give me when they compliment on the post is they say, I knew it was your painting. Ah, yeah, yeah. It, even if it's a little different theme, a little different color scheme, it's still recognizable as, as mine. Sure, sure. Oh, let me ask you this. You, tell me again how you grew your audience because you currently have about 13 and a half, or 14 and a half, 14.3 followers on Instagram. And that's obviously what has given you a broad audience. And I think that's one of the things that, that artists are always looking to do, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or any, any other platform that they're on, how do they grow the audience? So I guess my, my question too is, can you kind of share again with us how you made those steps of going from 
I'm now on, I'm now on Instagram. I have zero followers to a hundred thousand, 10,000, what have you. Well, and, and I, I didn't know anything about Instagram. I'm an old guy, so I'm not familiar with all, <laughs> but all I did, I posted a painting five days a week. And then I, I, I looked when people liked, I would look at their stuff and like back if I liked it. And if they followed me, I'd look at their stuff and I would follow them back. So I think to grow it, you really have to work it. And there was a time that I was spending four, four and a half hours a day on Instagram. Mm. Seeing who was reacting to my paintings, but also looking to see what other people were posting so that I could like and follow them. And, and from there, it just kind of mushrooms. Sure. You just more and more followers. The, the more people you like, the more people you follow, the more people will follow you. Yeah. And I mean, obviously having work that connects with people and I don't, I don't know what about it is your work from, for me, the, the colors I love, it's my aesthetic is the abstract and, and it has a lot of kind of just stuff that I, that is appealing to me, but you know, there is work out there. And I think this is always a conversation I have with artists about commercialization. I love a lots of different types of music. One of those types of music happens to be pop music but I listen to many different types of music, you know? And so as an artist or even an art collector, you, there's the things that you like and are attracted to. And then the things that you're just like, I don't think I could ever own that. Right. And I, and I will only like and follow things that I don't like. I, I don't like pieces that I don't like personally. I just don't think that's being honest. Uh, yeah. If I like your work, even if it's uh, realistic, not abstract, if it's good painting, it's a good painting and, and I will like it. I will follow it, even though it's something I wouldn't put in my house. And I'm very particular in, in the things I've collected. And, and even on Instagram, I get to see thousands and thousands of pieces of art. Uh, to be honest, there's probably two or three of the painters out of the 7,500 I follow that, that I would actually think about purchasing their work. I like it, but I wouldn't collect it. Right, right, sure. Do you collect just visual art or like like paintings, or do you also collect sculptures or other types we of, of what we consider art? The sculpture type pieces, it, but it, it's ninety nine percent paintings okay. because of the color. I'm attracted to color, and actually, I I've been working on a book on color that I've just about got together. And it's going to be called Color and Abstract Art, The Confessions of a Non-Painter. And, and basically, <laughs> basically, the idea of the book is, hey, I started from nowhere. I didn't know anything about art. And if I can learn to do this, don't be afraid because you can learn to do it. Yeah. And, and I do explain color theory very simply and, and trying to get people to get started. But the main theme of the book is don't be afraid to, to be yourself experiment explore don't let other people tell you how to paint the only real thing i got in my background that really helped me is, is i decided after about six months of painting that i needed some academic background so i took okay. an online painting art course out of a art university in san francisco on design and color and it was painful jim i mean we we had to do a project every week where we had to manipulate colors and and you had to get them just right, the right shade, the right value, or you were downgraded on it. And, and the real intimidating thing about it at first is everybody else in the class was obviously an artist, except me. <laughs> and, and we had to show our work online every week. And yeah. the teacher in the class was getting her master's in fine arts from Yale University. So here's this orthopedic surgeon that doesn't know anything about art and color, having to, to share his work every week. And, and I persisted and it was, it was so great. I learned so much about color that it, it, it's amazing. And then I've just taken it to another step from the principles that I learned. So I, I did have that advantage is that I realized I had to do you know, a little bit of background like that to really get sure. my paint. And that kind of just shot my paintings forward because my colors became so much more dynamic and I learned how to use them better. 
Now, do you what, what's your preferred medium? Do you paint with acrylic or oil or watercolor? Uh, it's it's almost all acrylics, with the exception that my wife went to Morocco um, three or four years ago, and she came back with some rare earth pigments. Were basically powders that mm. you could mix with water or oil, and and I tried both, and the colors are so striking i mean their blues are different blues they're vivid and exciting and i don't paint with them nearly as much because they're just a little bit of a nuisance to work with all um, right so i've done them with oil and water both and i probably should use them more but it's almost all acrylics you could you can do everything you want with acrylics they're easy to clean up they're not messy yeah yeah so I'm yeah, yeah lazy in the cleanup <laughs> I love that. <laughs> when you paint a piece, about how long does it take you to paint? Because you're 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 primarily abstract. I mean, like we we will have some examples of your work uh, to accompany the podcast on our website, and of course, we have them in our store, which we'll talk about. So your work is not a hundred percent abstract, abstract. But I guess my is there a flow? Do you have any preconceived notion before you begin? Is it all reformed? What's your process as an artist? I drive my wife crazy because my wife is very meticulous. She she paints more realistic things. She would love to paint abstract. She researches and finds what she'd like to paint. She draws it on the canvas and then paints it. I take a, a magic marker or paint a paintbrush with some black on it, and I just start drawing all over the canvas at Making lines. Okay, <laughs> lines, shapes, and. And, and then I look at it and, and, and just ask myself, what do I see? Now, when I do my, my uh, faces, of course, I have to start by drawing in some faces. Sure. Um, but I still put all kinds of random lines on top and around the faces. And, and, and then I just start to add some color. And I, I really just pick a color. I don't have any idea where it's going. So my paintings are completely random. They're, there's no plan to them. They just happen. <laughs> and to me that gives me a better painting if it, you know i'll do a painting my wife really likes and she'll want me to do another one along that theme well i can't recreate it because it's it's random sure and uh, one of my favorite quotes is from picasso and he says i start with an idea and then it becomes something else <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so i i don't i don't want to be confined by a preconceived idea because i think that keeps me from doing something that might be even better than my idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And looking so, through, just looking through the work that you have, do you ever do series? Because every, every image that you have, like on Instagram is slightly different. There may be a couple of pieces that have the same color palette, but outside of that, every single one seems unique and different. And, and that's my goal. And, and I think that goes back to not pre-planning them. Yeah. Now, I, I do something that when I start, it, it's kind of similar. The, they're similar, but I never make them exact. Okay. Uh, and, and, and that's because, again, I'm randomly drawing lines, and then I'm looking to see what there is. And they're all going to be different in some way or form. Uh, the colors are always going to be a little different because when I use colors, they don't come out of the tube. They're mixed. Mm. So my blues may have three or four different blues and a gray in it to get yeah. a blue different than you will see elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Class really came in handy is learning how to, to manipulate the colors. So I'm working on a painting right now that I wanted kind of a light gray. Well, the way I get my grays, the one I did on that painting is I took some orange, some blue, and added white to it, and that gave me a gray. I really need a gray different than a gray you would get out of the tube. Sure, sure. But I think that just adds a richness to the color. Yeah, sure, and a, a uniqueness for sure, because you said like you, you learned to manipulate colors in ways that most people, many people don't. And I think, I think that's a valuable sort of piece to, that we should touch on again, was that having no experience, you realized Hey, if I really want to become better, there's a few options that I have. And one of them is to go to an expert who is smarter than me, who knows more than me, who can teach me. And then you found yourself, and I love this, you found yourself at the very bottom of the list of classmates, if you will, because they all were 
some sort of artist. And so I think that's fabulous. And you, and I think the fact that you were put in that situation also helped for you to sort of rise up quicker because all of a sudden you were way outside your comfort zone. You felt like I'm either going to, you know, you're seeing the work of people who are much more accomplished than you. It makes you, I think it takes you up higher levels more quickly. Yeah. Work harder. I got more to learn. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I read a book when I first started a, a lady who's an accomplished artist. And she said, you know, when I get a color, I really like, I, I will mix extra and put it in jar in case I need it again. <laughs> and I had a little cookbook that tells me exactly how to mix each color. I really like. Well, in my book, I explained that that may be you and that may be the way you approach color, but, but I don't have any formulas. And <laughs> when I'm working on a painting, I may not make enough color to go over it with a second coat. So I got an idea how to get to that same color, but there's going to probably be a little variation. But when I go over the underlying color with a new mixture of it, it actually adds depth to the painting. So for sure. me... A quirk of not wanting to be meticulous pays off. Yeah, yeah, it gives you sort of a tonality difference, which makes sort of shadow and light. Uh, yeah, I think it's phenomenal. Well, we talked—you talked a little bit about like some some deeper stuff, but I want to go a little bit deeper, if I may. And the question, <laughs> another question that I always ask artists—I asked you at the beginning about an inspiration. I want to ask you why we should care about art. It just gets to your soul, and. You know, people will comment on my paintings as to what they see. But when you first look at one of my paintings, I don't want you to be drawn into it because you see something. I want you to be drawn in by the totality of the painting. So I really want to capture the viewer's soul, their emotion, because they're, they're just attracted by the colors and the movement and the shape and the energy of the painting and then once they're drawn in, as they start to look at it more, they can start to see whatever they see. Mm. And there's a lot of things to see in these paintings because there's a lot going on. So, so I think art speaks to you. It, it draws you in. It, it has an emotional impact on you. It's not that you're looking at a painting of the hills. Oops. It's you're looking at something you may not know what it's supposed to be, but something about it attracts you, catches your attention. Absolutely. Well, you know, and I always say, feed your soul with art. I think that everything you said right there is, was spot on. As an artist, like you obviously, having a career as an orthopedic surgeon, you've gave a lot of good to the world. You've done, you've helped a lot of people with injuries and pain and suffering and helping to alleviate that pain and suffering. So you had a gift that you gave to the world. Now as an artist, you have a gift as well to give to the world. What do you hope that gift is as an artist? I just want people to be inspired by the paintings, whether they just want to look at them, whether they want to own one, whether they want to become a painter. I, I want to reach them and, uh, and I want them to enjoy them. Maybe one of these days, all my kids will have my paintings in their houses. <laughs> so far, none of them have asked me for any of them. They, they don't have my bent for abstract art. In fact, my daughter looks at them and shakes her head and says, how did you come up with that idea? And I have, <laughs> yeah, how I came up with that idea. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. As a photographer, I've, yeah, they, I, some of the stuff that I do, they're like, I don't understand what, how this is, why you think this is great. So I think that it's funny that you have that, but your art, and that's another speaking to, like even within the family, your children don't necessarily understand everything that dad's doing. And it goes back to like liking art and what they don't like, what I like, what don't like, you know, where it's, it's so subjective. And as I said many times, I love your art. And we asked you if you would be a part of the art unknown store. Why, why is it, if I may ask, why did you decide that you wanted to join? You wanted to allow us to use your artwork. Well, it's just another way to, to have my art out there for, people not only to get the function of wearing the clothing, but also to see the artwork. Uh, you know, one of my first paintings I bought, I actually saw a postcard that had the painting on it. And I ran down the artist's wife from the postcard and bought the painting. <laughs> so, so That's... You get anywhere and, and 
and find the original. And then my other motive is my wife loves your clothing. So I figured if, if she had my art on the clothing, she'd be a walking billboard. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for that. That's, that's fantastic. And I appreciate, you know, we, we, we love having your art on there. We, we, we excited to have it grow with us. And, um, I, there's, it's funny because I don't expect every artist that I reach out to, to, to be on board, but I think that it's very important for any artist to have additional means to showcase their art because, you know, it's easy to be like, as, especially as a visual artist, a true, like, Oh, my art belongs on the wall. It should never be replicated, duplicated. But the reality is if we talked about Michelangelo at the beginning, if they didn't sell little David keychains, people might not know his art. You know what I mean? Like, not everybody could go to Rome to see the roof of the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel if there weren't books that showed pictures and then it up being on T-shirts and having the replication of the God and man touching fingers. You know, if the work hadn't been replicated throughout the world, we wouldn't know Michelangelo. So even if it's on a T-shirt or a pair of yoga pants, I love that it's out there in the world. Someday there's going to be somebody who sees, wears those T-shirts and yoga pants. They're going to look us up as an artist and want to buy one of our paintings. <laughs> and I, and in, the meantime, in the meantime, they can enjoy the clothing. I appreciate that faith and that love. And I, I love that. And thank you so much. I'm excited to have you on the store. As I said many times, my wife and I love your art. I'm excited to hopefully one day collect some of your art because my, this whole journey in the podcast started with seeing some artwork in on our honeymoon in Greece and just falling in love with it so much. And the guy's story was amazing. And sharing these stories. So I really appreciate you sharing your story as a, as a surgeon. And even I think uh, you shared a lot of wisdom as an artist for people who are working to get art. I think that's getting your art known or seen is one of the, the kind of the main struggles. But you also, the other thing I love is that you posted every single day, which meant you were creating a lot of art. You know, you obviously had to create a lot, paint a lot. Would, how long would you say you painted at the beginning before you sold your first piece? Three years. And unfortunately I can paint them a lot quicker than I can sell them. Uh, <laughs> three or four hours a day. And uh, my paintings are 43 by 57 inches. So they're good sized paintings. And yeah, absolutely. If I get started in the right direction, it becomes a momentum and okay. things just fall into place. I don't, almost don't even have to think about it. I can turn my uh, doo-wop music uh, from the 60s up really loud and just flow right through a painting without thinking. So, so uh, you know, if things are going well, I can paint them in three or four hours sometimes. Wow, okay, okay, yeah. And you said it took three years. How important was, did you give art away at the beginning? Did you gift it? Did you share it with folks or did you not at all do any of that? No. You know, I, I did hang some in my office. Uh, I lived in the Nashville area at the time in Tennessee, and okay. Nashville's not a real hub of, of abstract art. Um, so I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to just hang some of my paintings in my office just as a place to store them. And I was amazed how many people who would not have ever thought about looking at abstract art really commented and liked the paintings. So I thought wow. that. that that's a good sign if if uh, <laughs> if the folks here like this if I if I get to Bend, Oregon, and and Seattle, and San Francisco, and Miami, that, that, and Chicago, New York, that's really where this kind of art is is a little more uh, appreciated. And then in Europe, of course, I, I I just think it's more European look. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, COVID, uh, real quickly, I want to talk if we can about COVID. You, you've been on this journey of artwork about five years. Is that correct? Five, six years, yeah. Five to six years. And so you had about four years, three and a half years or so, building your career, building your career. And then COVID, ha has that affected you as an artist? Um, and if so, how has it affected you? You know, it, it really hasn't. We have, I, I have my own, we have our own art studio at our house, uh, about 400 square feet, where my wife makes jewelry. I paint and uh, so I, I don't have to be out amongst people to do my work, uh, okay. Instagram. And, uh, and so it really hasn't had any effect. I, we live out in, in the mountain area where there's just not a lot of COVID because it's an outdoor community. All oh, right. Okay. So, and I think this is very important. When did you start getting in galleries? Would you say during the COVID period, like 
when, when galleries said, hey, we're opening back up, we want to have people in our galleries? I think I first started with galleries about two years ago. Okay. And, and was there a break during COVID? Like galleries said, hey, was there a six-month period or at all? It stopped going to the art shows in Europe. The, the art shows closed down. Okay. Um, and, and during the year, there's art shows throughout uh, France, uh, Belgium, Netherlands, Switzerland, Spain, Italy. Had you been had you been to those art shows personally? Is that where you've collected your art from? Not uh, no, I co- actually collected most of my art online. Eventually, uh, okay, I, I had to find artists online and contact the galleries, and and actually became acquainted with the gallery owners, so that when they got things they thought I'd like, they would actually reach out to me. So sure. uh, I've really not bought a lot in person. I've not I've not been to Europe, and of course. COVID has stopped my interest in doing that. Sure. So I think that's also very important that as a visual artist, the traditional method is, you know, we see the visual art somewhere in a gallery, coffee shop, wherever it may be. And you as a visual artist found success through marking yourself online. So proof and using primarily Instagram as your, as your marketing tool. Is that correct? Correct. And and I've, I'm starting to look for other venues online. Uh, It's just, Again, I'm not real savvy in those things, so I don't know where the next place to go might be <laughs> and whether I have enough time to give up for my golf game to be on another site in, in addition to Instagram, because it is a lot of work. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, what's your handicap? Uh, one or two. I've, I've played a lot of golf over the years. Um, I, you're true. <laughs> I hope you take this as a compliment. You're a true, you're a true surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I get to play golf in the morning and come home for paint for three or four hours. It's, it's oh, good that's look. fantastic. Good for you. That's, that's, that's awesome. So back, back to the COVID online, like you just, and you use primarily one form of social media. So just, however, I think it's really important for anybody who listens to this, who wants to be an artist, like there are many ways to become an artist. And right now I think is a better time than ever to, to really capitalize on the power of the internet. And even you, I mean, yours is a great success story in that your work is shown by several galleries around the world. And those galleries showing them also have online platforms and have their own client base, email list, what have you. And so even during COVID when things weren't open, they could have shows online but now you're starting to see galleries opening up. You said you have a couple pieces, actual physical pieces. And I think that will probably continue over time as, as COVID passes through the population and more and more things go, go up. How interested are you in, once COVID is clear, we can travel as an artist. How interested are you traveling to other areas to, to showcase your art? Do you care about that or, or is that not really? Wife would really like us to go to Europe to one of the, the shows. Uh, pro- probably more than I would. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather play golf than, than travel. Too. <laughs> I'm sure as things calm down and get better with COVID that, that we might end up in, uh, let's say I was in a show in Bordeaux, Switzerland. I think that would be a one I'd like to go to, maybe even Madrid. Um, yeah. They have golf courses all over the world. You can play golf just about anywhere these days. I, I don't take my golf clubs when I travel. So. Oh, well, see, you have to, maybe you have to get a, a second set of travel set that you can take with you and (laughs) it's been great to chat with you about your art i'm so excited about having you again on the store and and thank you for your your kind words on that and uh one other question i want to ask you being that you had two lives as a north two sort of careers as a surgeon and now as as an artist if you went back to those early days of you in college or maybe further back when you first started collecting if you could give yourself any piece of advice from, from the seasoned, John, seasoned artist, John, to, to young John, just starting out in the world. Is there anything you'd say? What would you say? You know, Jim, I like it the way it happened. Back then, uh, I was busy. I was in school. I played basketball. I played golf. Uh, I didn't have time to do art, and, and I needed to make a living. Uh, I came from yeah. a very modest background, so, you know, getting into medical school uh, was a... Uh, a lot of work and then become an orthopedic surgeon was a lot of work uh there were times that 
we were working 100, 120 hours a week. Um, and, uh, and in practice, private practice was very busy. I just didn't have time to paint. I had three kids that played travel ice hockey and travel softball and travel everything you can think of. So <laughs> the, the art just came at the right time. The kids had grown up, uh, had left the house and, and uh, I was slowing down my orthopedic practice. So I, I had time to do this and really focus on it. So as far as art, I don't, I don't think I've done anything different. It just happened when it was supposed to happen. I love that attitude. That's a great sentiment. It happened when it was supposed to happen. Yeah. Fantastic. What do you have coming up in the, in the next year? Any, as far as art goes, any plans for your art specifically? Anywhere you want to see your art direction, you see where you want to, your art want to go? Well, I, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I, my attitude is if I do paintings that interest people, they're going to reach out to me. And, uh, and then I'll take advantage of, of all those things. So I, I like to keep my art evolving. I, I don't, I want it to grow, go different directions, not always look the same. So I'm just going to keep trying to make it better. Ah, it's fantastic. More, not better, more interesting. More interesting. Okay. I, I love that. I love that. More interesting. Uh, is there any place in the world that you would like to, show your artwork that you haven't been in yet and or go to exhibit your artwork in person? In Europe, I, I, you know, I probably Switzerland is where I'd like to go a little more off the beaten path. Uh, I yeah. don't know a lot about Europe. There's places in Europe that worry me a little bit as far as traveling there and safety. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, sure. So Madrid, I think would be a good place to go. Madrid, Barcelona. Yeah. I haven't heard a lot of bad things happening there. Um, you know, there's places in the United States. I wouldn't mind going being shown in Miami or places like that. I've been in a couple shows and invited to a couple shows in New York City that I did not go to and, and would not go to New York City now. But uh, I'm just open to any opportunities that uh, come along. I think if I keep painting and do paintings that interest people, that we'll get our opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fantastic. And my wife and I were fortunate a couple of years ago to go to both Madrid and Barcelona, we went to a yoga festival, but Madrid was fat. Like I would go spend more time there in Madrid if I could. It's filled with art. We met some amazing artists. We, you know, Madrid has a long history, beautiful city. It's very safe. I had a friend actually that lived there that took us around the city, showed us some little like local spots where the locals went. It was just, a, it was beautiful. It was fun, it's a fun city, fun place to go. So, And three or four of the galleries I'm in are in Madrid. Yeah, that, so there you go. I'm in like four galleries in Madrid. They would love uh, to have like a, a John Bacon tour, go over there and you do signings and like, yeah, you'd be a celebrity. A, I just need to do that. that that's got to be on my bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> How can uh, folks get reach out and get a hold of you if they want to, if they want to, if they want to connect with you? Just reach me on Instagram. Just, just mention me in a comment or direct message me. And uh, I'll, then I'll provide my email address if a person wants. A lot of times I'll just answer them right there on Instagram. Uh, I've sold more paintings off Instagram than any place else. Just by being oh, wow. people looking at my post and, and once they see a post they like, then they can go through all my posts. And if they find something they like, all they have to do is reach out to me and I'll tell them more about the painting, size it, price it. Now, so, do you do commissions at all? If somebody says, Hey, I have a piece. I love this piece. And you're like, Oh, it's sold. Would you do a commission piece for them? I, I would. I've actually done one commission. My wife was in Portland with some friends uh, to a company that makes orthopedic total joint implants. And uh, they were just finishing off a new building and they were all talking. And one of the ladies told the owner that, hey, you need a painting on that wall. And the lady, the owner agreed. And she said, I just don't know uh, who who could do it for me? And so my wife raises her hand and says, "Well, it just so happens my my husband's an an artist, not only an artist, he's a retired orthopedic surgeon." So the lady agreed to let me do a painting, and and I posted on Instagram and commented on it. But it's actually a painting with uh, uh, two hips. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm doing, you may not recognize them at that because it's it's very abstract. But it really turned out neat for for the first commission that i ever did and then it being in orthopedics and uh and going into an office that makes orthopedic implants because uh, i used to put in total hips and knees and and actually just had one hip replaced three weeks ago so oh, wow yeah 
Well, and I was going to ask you how much your your work as a surgeon influenced your art because it does. I you know from looking, I would never have guessed. Oh, what, he had a career as an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> you know, it doesn't influence it at all, other than that one particular uh, painting for that particular location. I just thought with it being orthopedic related that I ought to do something that was bone related. <laughs> it's really, it's really a cool painting. It, it, it's on, it's on my Instagram posts. Cool. I, I will find it or I'll have you send it to me link or whatever. I can include it. Cause yes, that that's, I really want yeah, to see what this looks like. And if I can include I'll just it, forward it to you on the email you sent me with the link, I'll do, when we're done, I'll just forward it. It's, it's called coxalgia, which means hip pain. Coxalgia. E-O-X-A-L-G-I-A, Coxalgia. Fantastic. Your Instagram is Bacon Modern, at Bacon Modern, right? Correct. So that's, and that's B-A-C-O-N, Modern, M-O-D-E-R-N, at Bacon Modern, brings up all of your art. And like you said, you can get a hold of you. And I wanted to just say that you were, you were very responsive. I sent you a message and you, you got back to me right away. So I appreciate that. And again, thank you for being a part of the Art and Store. I look forward to seeing a lot more of your great work. Dr. John Bacon, any last words for the Art Unknown podcast audience? Anything you want to say, words of wisdom? You know, just enjoy art. And if you want to try it, give it a try. And uh, There's so much out there to be appreciated. You just have to, if you look at it, you'll, you'll appreciate art. Wow, it's just that's a, fantastic. Just the mindset that you want to look at it. That's fantastic. I love that. We'll, we'll, we'll end it there. Maybe we'll connect one day in Madrid. We'll bump into each other. <laughs> we'll plan to, to meet one day. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> uh, thank you again for being on the podcast. It's such, such a pleasure. Jim, thank you. I enjoyed it. The music for this episode of the podcast was once again Whitney Ty. The song is Righteous off her 2020 release, Apogee. We're very excited to have Whitney Ty in an upcoming episode of the podcast. But until then, check her out at WhitneyTyMusic.com or wherever you listen to your music. We are so excited to have the incredible work of Dr. John Bacon at the Art Unknown Store. Just head on over to ArtUnknownStore.com to find his exclusive collection and that of many other Art Unknown podcast artists. And special bonus, as a listener, you get 10% off. That's right, just use the discount code AU Podcast 10 when you check out for 10% off. That's artunknownstore.com. This is your host and producer Jim Wills thanking you for listening to the Art Unknown Podcast. Now, let's remember to take care of each other and of course, feed your soul with art. Mm-hmm.